GP Insights, a health cert podcast. Practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Paul Elmsley. I'm the founder and CEO of HealthCert. And I'm here with Dr. Joe Kosterich today, who's part of our wonderful faculty of the medicinal cannabis program that's coming up amongst uh, many other hats that Joe wears. Uh, thanks for your time today, Joe. Hey, you're welcome, Paul. Good to be with you again. Excellent. Now, um, we've had lots of questions, obviously, around medicinal cannabis. And today, I want to focus on the implications, side effects, and or limits of uh, medicinal cannabis. So uh, I've got a few questions here from our wonderful colleagues out there in Australia. And what the first question was, what are the implications uh, of medicinal cannabis on driving restrictions? So I suppose, once again, that medicinal cannabis, you know, and obviously driving as such. Yeah, um, look, we've only got a, I don't think we've got sort of six hours to talk about this, Paul. So it's a problem. And it's a problem to the extent that a magistrate in New South Wales by the name of David Helprin has actually resigned from being a magistrate in protest, as he said, to having to enforce laws that prevent people from medicinal cannabis being able to, to drive. So technically, pretty much in all states at the moment, if you've been prescribed a product with THC, then you are not allowed legally to drive. Now, back in the real world, there are a lot of people who continue to, to drive, but there is a, you know, a legal risk. CBD, not a problem at all. You can drive on CBD. Now, David Helprin is, is spearing a campaign because in his view, and, and I agree with him completely, it is discriminatory that you can be prescribed antidepressants, opiates, uh, benzodiazepines, uh, psychotropic medications, a whole host of medications that people can be prescribed and can drive, whether it impairs them or not. With medicinal cannabis, if it, even if it's not impairing you, but it's just found in your system, then there's potential for the individual to be uh, to be charged so it's a discussion that you do need to have with the with the patient um, there have been a number a couple of court cases that have gone through and have been found in favor of the defendant um, and as I say David Helping said he was getting so many of these cases that he um, he felt he would no longer in good conscience uh, apply the law there are legislative uh, there are legislative bills in front of the South Australian and Victorian upper house in various uh, stages of, of development to look to change the laws because the laws apply to presence of substance. Um, now, presence of substance might be, you know, a couple of weeks later, if you're on long-term medicinal cannabis, that may be detected in your system, but it's not impairing you in any way. Um, so it is a fraught area at the moment, unfortunately, um, but there is work being done to, to try and improve the situation. And to use a cliche, level the playing field. Yeah, I understand. I think, as I said, it's uh, it's like anything. We're not meant to, um, you know, have alcohol in our system, but obviously some people do, at least in some mild form. But obviously, you're talking about THC related. So that's obviously a Schedule Eight product or a Schedule Four product. Yeah. So CBD um, is Schedule Four, and in uh, as has been in certain doses down scheduled to Schedule Three. So in somewhere in the next few years, people will be able to buy CBD over the counter. Uh, so no issues with driving or working on CBD and it's not tested for. If they do random drug testing, it is testing for THC and yes, that is uh, that is Schedule 8. Okay. Um, so the uh, next one is, uh, how does medicinal cannabis affect the cognitive and work function? And there's a few different groups here I've got, but let's say just of a worker. So just initially 
And I assume obviously that would depend on what product they're also being given because the CBD would be very different to. Yeah, so products, dose and, and, underly and underlying conditions. I mean, you could ask the same question, you know, what impact does a SSRI medication or an opiate or gabalin or, um, you know, an anti-anxiety medication have on people's cognitive abilities? And the answer is in most instances, people will be taking the medication for the underlying problem and unless they are getting side effects. And look, cognitive side effects can occur with products of THC unless people are taking, like, you, 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 virtually you can't get high on medicinal cannabis. I mean, if you used you know, a bottle at a time, look, you'd, you'd sleep very well, you, you might be pretty happy. So I suppose it is technically possible, um, but, in terms of, of cognitive effects, it is possible with, with THC, generally more in higher doses, but everybody is different. People can get side effects that aren't supposed to, to occur. So with any new medication, um, when you're using medicinal cannabis, I would always suggest that people take it at night time first up um, uh, to see how they go and, and perhaps, uh, you know, not just take it in the morning and head off to work because any new medication, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's cannabis, whether it's paracetamol, whether it's a blood pressure medication, um, you know, Every person is different and, and how they respond can be different. But um, on CBD, people can work, they can do whatever they want. Um, it's not going to affect their, their cognition. Again, there'll always be somebody who, who is the exception to the rule. Uh, THC, generally not also in medicinal doses, but it would be always prudent to say to people, you know, take your first dose at night, see how you go, see how you feel. Occasionally people say they feel a little bit fuzzy, but they say that on a whole host of other medications as, as well. Excellent. Um, then let's say for someone who works on a mind site. So let's talk about, I suppose, um, you know, uh, employees that obviously probably are going to be more random tested is this part of there. So one is obviously the ability to the job and then perhaps obviously how their employer views it at this point. Yeah, and again, I think we're back to the stage where any product with THC, I think on mine sites would be um, not allowed. And, and interestingly, this comes back to the concept of the level playing field. If you had a prescription for an opiate, then you would be exempted. But at this stage, I don't think that exemption has been extended to medicinal cannabis. So that's somewhere hopefully will go in the um, in the future. In terms of impairment, I think, you know, as we spoke before, there may be absolutely you know, absolutely none. In terms of CBD, uh, there's no issue because it's not tested for. And again, unless the individual, at, you know, each person is different and this applies to all medications, um, is impaired, which one would be surprised about, but, you know, each person is different, then, you know, working is not a, um, a problem. Uh, I'm aware of a case of a member of the police force um, who made inquiries, say, well, was he allowed to be prescribed medicinal cannabis? And the answer to that was yes. Right. Okay. And is that just, I mean, just round out the question I've been given is, you know, a safety critical worker. So somebody, you know, I mean, Mindsight probably once again, not dissimilar, but do you know if there's anything else in relation to anyone who's working in the area of safety or in the sort yeah. of critical um, Look, I'm not sure. Again, the different states will have, have different laws and regulations around this, but my suspicion, and, and look, all of this is going to be subject to change as, as years go by, is that there may well be a whole range of uh, roles and, and employers where if you are on a product with THC that you may not be allowed to, to work. Now, again, I, I think that's discriminatory. 
Um, but I think that it would be in the instance, and I, I can't give any opinion as to, to, to which industries or which, um, you know, yeah. which employers. It might be a discussion for the individual to have with their, their employer, um, or you know, it may be that particularly if they're starting on it, there could be a lot to be said for, for going down the CBD route alone, largely because you have to look at the totality of the situation, um, not always just the medicine, but it, it really, there's no one, there's, it's cliche, but there's no one size fits all here, Paul. Yeah, but that's all right. That's what medicine is. And that's why we have wonderful practitioners that get to sift through all of the information and make the best recommendation for patients. Um, and I think, you know, as we've sort of, you know, have spoken before is that, is that the regulation around this, and if you look at it once again, historically, it's obviously been very hard and draconian and it's all been, you know, loosened up or relaxed or at least better understood and, and uh, appreciated as far as how the, the authorities are doing this. So I think that, you know, once again, you know, it's sort of more early stage in Australia. It's obviously very much more advanced, obviously, in overseas markets. Um, and the, you know, once again, it will move in a way that it is once again becomes a level playing field. I do realise that this is, you know, once again, no more harmful than probably uh, many other you know, prescription medicines that people are consuming in particular doses and then getting behind the wheel or doing something else as well. Exactly. And it needs to go to impairment, not presence or absence of, system, of, of uh, substance. So the laws really, as they apply, are a hangover, for want of a better term, from when cannabis was illegal. So they're not really testing your ability to drive. The random drug laws are really designed to catch people who've been using drugs illicitly. So they could be argued they are ill-suited to purpose. Okay. Um, is it safe to use CBD for elderly patients, let's say over 80 plus? Uh, short answer is yes. I think the oldest patient that uh, I've seen personally was 95. Uh, you may want to start at a lower dose. You do want to check their baseline liver and kidney functions, but you can use CBD and or THC. Um, yeah, look up to people in their 90s. Um, not, uh, again, case by case basis, but absolutely the answer can be yes. Excellent. And look, the last question I'm going to give you is one that I've, it's once again got a lovely acronym, which I'm unsure exactly what they're referring to, but you can probably help me being the expert. Um, so many patients consume uh, ETOH and what is uh, it? Alcohol. Uh, that's what I said. I thought it was ethanol or alcohol. So what's yeah. its limit with cannabis use? Yeah, okay. So obviously uh, cannabis and alcohol can be sort of synergistic in that they can sort of potentiate each other's effects. Um, it's not a requirement to say to people if you've been treated with medicinal cannabis that you cannot have a drink. I think you'd want to advise people as you do ordinarily to uh, you know consume alcohol in a, in a responsible manner and according to you know to drink safe limits. But no, it's not the case that if somebody has a glass of wine with their dinner and they're on medicinal cannabis, they have to stop that. The tent possibly, possibly um, it could it can go two ways. It might potentiate it a little bit. So if they were using it for, um, you know, for sleep or pain or anxiety, maybe they don't need as high a dose. Paradoxically, um, it might be that the, you know, if they go both going through the liver, that the process speeds up and and it isn't quite as effective. But no, it's a bit like you don't have to tell them to avoid certain or specific foods. Um, you know, people don't have to. Like people don't have to go teetotal if they're using medicinal cannabis, but equally, um, if people have an alcohol problem, then or you might want to go wary. If they, uh, you know, have addiction issues, you might also want to tread quite warily. But if people just have a, you know, an alcoholic beverage as part of their normal life periodically, then 
that's not of itself a problem. Now, as far as just with, with, I mean, from your experience with your patients, I mean, as far as is it single dose once a day and therefore we can put it any time of the day that sort of, you know, you mentioned before about, you know, people starting it, maybe doing it in the evening, not obviously waking up in the morning doing it. I mean, from your experience, is it, is it generally single dose and is, can you sort of time it around, call it what would be the rest of their life in such a way that the impact could be minimised? Yeah, look, short answer to your question is yes. Uh, for a lot of people, it is a single dose at, at night time. Others may be on, on twice or three times a, a day. Um, and yes, it, it can be revolved a little bit around your, your lifestyle. Depends also what you're using it for. Uh, for chronic pain, a lot of people, as the dosages increase a little bit, then they'll generally be on divided doses. Uh, for insomnia, you'd, you'd probably take it only at night time. People who are using medicinal cannabis, for example, spasticity with multiple sclerosis, so in the Bixamols, which was the first uh, medication developed, and that and it goes back so a few years now, uh, that can be used four or five times a, a day. So it, it's very much according to the individual and the condition that's, that's being treated. And look, I suppose it's, it's probably reasonable to say that the more severe the conditions, whether it's pain, whether it's spasticity, um, the, probably the, the more severe the condition, generally the less likely people are going to be working and, and possibly even driving. So the two um, generally going in parallel. Excellent. All right. Excellent. Joe, thanks very much for your time today. Uh, welcome, Paul. Catching up with you again soon. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to helpsert.com.